Here's the snapback. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin scores! A 49-yard field goal, and Indiana leads 27 to 24. Oh, it's an end around one to go. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Caught touchdown! Fry Fogel again! It's going to snow on Saturday, but let's talk some spring football. Welcome to the OEO Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Braggley, B R A G G L E Y. I am without my what i would have considered trusty co-host brandon he is uh gone we don't know where he's at uh he might be back in a couple weeks he might not be we'll see but you can find him on twitter it's at brandon dubich brandon spelled traditionally dubich d-u-b-i-c-h but backing me up pushing from the back is producer seth and if you haven't done it already you should block him on Twitter. That's at Setah5, S-E-T-A-H-5. What's up, Setho? Toot, toot. Let's keep this train rolling. Of oh, course goodness. he of course he just bails on us in the doldrums of spring. Right. There is... This is fun time, though. Right. This is fun time. We've got press conferences. We've got Everybody highlight videos from spring mm-hmm. practice. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. This is Time to talk some depth chart. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time to talk some spring football. Here we go. All right. We are going to get this terribly wrong, I'm sure, but we're going to try our best. Uh, We are going to give what we would consider probably the too deep. Talk a little bit about some of these players, maybe not all of them, and uh, just go through the offense with you guys here a little bit. If you're not familiar, Uh, we took a stab at what we are what we think is going to be the two deep on the offense. And then we'll talk defense next week, but we will get that preview at the end of the pot. So let's start on uh, with the, uh, what do they call them? The hog mollies, the big boys up front. Um, The weak point, I would say of the offense last year. Um, Maybe there were quite a few weak points across the board. Um, Injuries, notwithstanding. So, uh, let's talk about the uh, offensive line. Cool. Well, let's start in the middle. We'll start with some people that we know are going to step, I would assume, step right in and take their positions. Um, both tackles are pretty, pretty, pretty much shoe ins, I would assume. Um, I would actually flip what a lot of people are talking. I would think Matt Bedford starts at the left tackle, um, Luke Haggard at the right tackle, and then Zach Carpenter at center. Yeah. So, Regarding the tackle situation, I know it was a little bit screwed up last year because of Penix being a left-hander. They tend to rotate those tackles so that the right tackle ends up being the strong side tackle or, sorry, the blind side tackle at that point. So, yeah, I've seen both of them play both positions. Yeah. I'm kind of indifferent about who plays which side, but certainly if we're having a right-handed quarterback, um, you definitely put the stronger Stronger blocker on the left side. Bedford's best season was his freshman. I would I would think, man, maybe some of his sophomore year too, but his freshman season when he stepped in for Koi Kronk uh, after during the UConn game, I believe it was the UConn game where Kronk, I think, destroyed his leg. Um, and then un, 
unknown Matt Bedford steps in. Well, highly touted recruit, but we haven't seen him play yet. Steps in and uh, was great the rest of the season at left tackle. I think that's his best position. We saw him not be as consistent when we just kept moving him around everywhere. Uh, Luke Haggard experienced um, good transfer. I think he can play either side and be halfway decent. That's all we really need. Um, and then Zach Carpenter, I think, is pretty much a shoe in it at center. Is he great? Don't know. But uh, Cameron Knight would back him up. Uh, but Zach Carpenter, I think, is going to walk right in. Now, the guard positions are interesting. Uh, you've got experience with Mike Kadick, and You've got Tim Weaver that could play the other guard. Uh, Vinny Fia Cable. Fia, do, you have, do you want to give it a stab? I think it's – I'm just going with Fia Cable. Uh, Go for it. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Demond Moore, DJ Moore, the true freshman out of Fort Wayne. Um, I think he's got a shot to start. I'm going to say that. I um, think if there is even a close proximity between DJ Moore and Tim Weaver, don't you have to throw in the freshman? Don't you have to season him up and see if he can take it? And then if he can't, you can always go to the more experienced guy, red shirt, develop all that route. But damn, I want to see it. I mean, he's the one kind of offensive line gem you guys have coming in. Yeah. And I want to see him see what he's capable of and prove that he can't play right away yeah. if, if at all possible. Yeah. I mean, Josh sales is still there uh, at one of the tackle positions, but I think he's going to sit one more year before he hops in um, out of Brownsburg, very highly, highly touted tackle out of Brownsburg, Indiana. Um, but yeah, I think Demond Moore can give can give either guy a shot. Tim Weaver or Matt Kadick, um, a run for their money. And as we'll talk a later, a little bit later on when we talk about quarterbacks, I, I think it's more beneficial on the offensive line to have actual competition than there is at any of the skill positions, um, maybe outside of uh, wide receiver. Well, just, I guess, really at running or quarterbacks, what I was talking about. So competition at quarterback is not great, not in my opinion. So, um, yeah, on the offensive line, let's have as much competition as we can. I think uh, uh, Fiacable has a decent shot at getting in there too, but I think Tim Weaver's pretty well established and should should walk right into a spot too. But I guess if we're giving it right now, I would I would think left to right, we're going Bedford, Weaver, Carpenter, Kadick, and Haggard, um, unless Demond Moore can step in, DJ Moore, sorry, can step in and take one of the spots. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'd probably say that's probably your safest bet and i think the one thing especially missing out on this last year was the rotations really infuriated me and again i'm not mm -hmm. a fan so i don't have any <laughs> i don't have any buy-in <laughs> but still when you watch a team week in and week out and you and even drive in and drive out and they're constantly swapping in players um it, it's kind of infuriating because you want people you want the the line to gel as a cohesive unit and the only way you can do that is through just constant reps. Um, and so barring, barring injury, you'd really like to see the kind of the five they pick in August be the same five that are out there in December. Yeah. Or I, well, I should say November, you guys, I mean, you're hoping for January, whatever, but yes, yes. <laughs> barring we'll take December based on last year. We'll take a December game. Okay. Uh, let's move on away from the offensive line. Uh, we'll get to the skill positions now. Uh, I think probably the easiest one to call. Um, yeah, I would say the easiest one to call across the board outside of maybe the slot receiver position 
is the tight end position. Uh, there's only really one that's going to bring any sort of major um, playing time with him, and that's A.J. Barner is going to step right in. Uh, I thought he showed some big flashes last year, um, and I think he's he's going to be ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I definitely think he might be a little bit undersized. I'd like to see how he bulks up in the offseason. I haven't seen his... I haven't seen much spring tape on him. Um, the only question I have about him really is, can he set an edge in the run game? Is that something he can help with? The good news is you do have Aaron Steinfeld behind him, who is kind of an oversized tight end, um, kind of an undersized lineman, so to speak. Um, and again, I think I've told the story before. I've watched him play basketball a few times. He's a nimble. He's athletic, uh, big guy. Um, so if he's somebody who you can, you can kind of do tight end by – uh, by committee. So if you can use uh, Barner in the in the passing game, use Steinfeld uh, a little bit more in the run game, mix that up. You know, there's nothing really there behind that, which is a little bit scary. Uh, but at least between those two players, you think you can you have some chess pieces you can play with. Sure, and it's it's pretty cool to see this. I feel like we haven't maybe had this kind of a lineup of of tight ends in a and maybe ever. Um, don't forget about James Bamba transferring in from Miami. Um, 6'6", 246. A.J. Barner's listed at 6'6", 251, by the way, the heaviest of all of the tight ends. Um, then you've got the two true freshmen, Brady Foley, very highly touted recruit, former Tennessee commit um, out of Cincinnati, Ohio. You've also got Ryan Miller out of Chagrin Falls, Ohio, both of them 6'6", 241, or 221 for Ryan Miller, which is very skinny. Uh, add some weight in the rate in the in the weight room pretty quick and then Brady Foley or Brody Foley sorry uh, should step right in and have a pretty decent shot I would think at making maybe the two deep or at least pushing Aaron Seinfeld for some sort of playing time maybe in some of the non-conference games um, just to see what he can do so tight end position I would say is definitely AJ Barner's to lose um, but has some decent young talent behind him uh, Steinfeld, a redshirt freshman, and both Foley and Miller freshmen, as well as James Bomba, a redshirt freshman. So quite a pretty deep, but very young at the tight end position. Um, kind of the opposite here at the wide receiver spot and a pretty big surprise, at least what Brandon and I talked about was that last week where we lost our mind on Cam Camper is Cam Camper. I think he's going to be wide receiver one. Um, the six foot two transfer from junior college out of Texas, um, showing some big time flashes in spring practice, getting up, getting the ball, high pointing it, uh, good route running, quick feet, good speed. Um, and then you've got two very experienced guys and probably one of my favorite players on the team. Um, you've got Emory, Emory Simmons should slot into wide receiver two, and then you would expect DJ Matthews, obviously to walk right into the slot barring any sort of setback from his injury. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I think behind them, you have, I know you've been high at different times on Swinton and mm -hmm. uh, MHB, mm -hmm. but the production and consistency hasn't really been there. I think all the hope and promise in the world rests and resides on the shoulders of Omar Cooper. Uh, if he can find, again, I hate to be beating a, a drum here, but if, if as a freshman, if he's a guy who can get on the field, prove that you can't play before, <laughs> before we take you out. Yeah. I think he's the kind of guy who, you know, probably is a three, maybe a four year guy. Um, 
So you want to get him on the field and start burning through that eligibility as soon as yeah, possible. As soon as possible. Um, yeah. And and oh goodness, yeah. So I think he has just all the upside in the world. Um, so the depth, I know you're excited about. I have you know production concerns, at least from experience. Um, but definitely they have talent, they have speed, they have some size. So all those checkbox that you're or all those checklist box you're you're trying to check off. You know they have them it's just a matter of can they get out in the field and actually produce sure yeah cameron perry is a name to kind of keep in mind too if they don't redshirt him he's a pure speed guy in the slot um flipped from central michigan i want to say uh late really late in the process um not anybody that was super involved throughout the entire recruiting process but a cameron perry um small speed guy in the slot as well omar cooper is a pure athlete I mean, the dude, you can you watch the basketball highlights through their tournament run at Lawrence North. I mean, you've everybody can watch his football highlights. The football highlights are, are incredible, high-pointing the ball and incredible spots. I'm pretty sure he made um, Monday Night Football a couple of times. You got mossed at least one time. Um, and But, yeah, you want to talk about the guys that have been here. Javon Swinton, I think, is a good depth piece, a uh, good experience. Uh, got to keep him healthy. And then uh, I think he had a little bit of trouble holding on to the ball last year. So hopefully he can shake that and, and get back into that. Now, again, how much of this with Malachi Holt Bennett, Javon Swinton, Jacques Smith, how much of that can we put on to quarterback play and offensive coordinator calls? Um, I would assume quite a bit as you're shaking your head. Yes. So uh, David Baker, also a name to keep uh, an eye on. He's been shaking off a couple injuries throughout his career. Redshirt sophomore out of um, trying to think where he went to school. Did he go to Indianapolis? Was he Burbuff, Seth? I think. Um, yeah, no, sorry, Cecina out of Cecina in Indianapolis. Yeah. So, David Baker, also another guy to, to keep an eye on, has been pretty impressive in spring from what um, what I've read and uh, seen on tape. So, speaking of impressive, Seth, did you see the Sean Shivers run? All right. I, I have a question is if, if it's Shivers or Shivers because Shivers, that, I believe. Oh, that, I know. I just ruined your joke. I ruined your joke. OK, do it again. Do it again. I'm sorry. Go ahead. His, his shake and bake gave me shivers. Oh, um, there Jesus. it is. Yeah, thanks. Let me step um, all over it again. <laughs> um, so I, I professed to being high on just Josh Sanguinetti last year a couple different times. Thought he had some really nice plays. Not necessarily the most consistent player on the team but had some flashes his ankles and his knee got snapped on that cutback yeah. in the hole he read it perfectly exactly what you want a safety to do filling the hole and shivers did an inside out move cut back left and sanguinetti's entire i think it was his left leg just collapsed <laughs> he's not hurt He's not hurt, well, just so everybody's aware. Um, I will watch, watch, do yourself a favor. Watch that. I'm retweeting a it times. right now. Retweeting oh, the video my right goodness. now. And the speed that the breakaway speed at the end. I mean, he's a little guy. He's a bowling ball. We've called him that a thousand times. Um, I don't want to say he was pulling away from Jalen Williams, but Jalen didn't have a shot. No, Jalen's fast too. Yeah, really fast. Um, so, and it was nice to see Dexter Williams following him down the field, sprinting all the way down. That's good to see that his leg is, is back and fully healthy. Um, but before we talk about Dexter Williams, let's continue talking about some of the 
uh, running backs that are in contention. Josh Henderson making some pretty big waves in, in the, the spring as well. A good dependable guy uh, transfer from North Carolina. Um, not somebody, to be totally honest with you, that I thought we were going to see very much. Um, but making some pretty big moves. Uh, I don't know much about him. I mean, outside of what we talked about, I don't remember when the um, the pod was, but uh, if you can go back and find the transfer pod, we, we got into that pretty well. Um, there's a name that we may have left off of our depth chart that I just, I didn't want to say I just remembered, but I don't think, I think we need to talk about him, especially without Brandon here. Oh is, boy. I is, was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is David Ellis. Yep. Um, I think the we'll only... see him all over the field. Yeah. And then the only thing I think he's guaranteed a spot on is essentially returning. Guaranteed. Yes. Yeah. I think you'll see him a lot in um, special packages, special packages where we run jet sweeps or, you know, jet sweep swings, things like that. Um, you'll see a lot of David Ellis. Another guy I think you'll see a lot of and a lot. Again, another guy that's really big in the spring. Uh, Jalen Lucas, the true freshman, the two, I want to say two lane flip. Was he a two lane flip? I think that's what that's what you told me in text at least. I, I never I don't go true thing or you know I can't uh, remember. He's from Louisiana, I believe. Um anybody can prove me wrong, that'd be fine, which I'm normally wrong. No, he's from Louisiana. Um, I can't remember who we flipped him from, but a smaller school, uh, tons of speed, really athletic. Um, really excited to see him play um a lot. So that's do you have anything else you want to add yeah. to the you know, one thing we can add actually, real quick. Um and this is some news that we probably should have talked about earlier. Um, IU did get a preferred walk-on commit from a New York running back, Declan McMahon. And if that last name sounds familiar, just take a guess at which one it is. It is Shane McMahon's son. <laughs> so <laughs> we, may, we may have Vince and Shane in the building at some point during the season uh, over the next few years. So Declan McMahon joining the running back room, um, Shane and Vince's, Vince's grandson and Shane's son. So welcome to IU. Shane, so that uh, makes Declan. him a uh, triple H's nephew. If they're really <laughs> married or if it's just, it's, are they really married? I think so. <laughs> it's real to me, damn it. <laughs> Um, but yes, that is that is not fake news. That is not um, sports entertainment. That is uh, a real commit. Yeah. So, so just to, I just have one thing to say about Jalen sure, Lucas sure, sure. again. It, you know, we mentioned the, the special packages for David Ellis. Dude, scrap that. Send them all to Jalen Lucas. I've yeah. seen maybe five plays <laughs> that you've sent me from Spring Ball or or just uh, I think maybe in random senior year highlights. Um, yeah. Let the speed go. Put it out there. I can't remember what the who the quote was from, but somebody called him maybe the most athletic player in the entire class. So not in our class, in the entire 2022 class. So we'll see how that goes. Um, it would be nice to have a dynamic player. I can't remember the last time we've really had somebody like that. Um, I mean, Tevin Coleman was dynamic obviously but outside of him i can't remember if like a scat but maybe marcus thigpen but i'm thinking marcus thigpen on a much bigger scale so 
that's it for the running back room. Well, now let's talk to let's talk about what I thought was going to be a pretty sure shot uh, for Baz to walk right into the room and take the spot. But Seth, have you listened to um, Walt Bell's press conference? I haven't. But if I know offensive coordinator spring speak, it went something like this. Well, every guy's uh, coming along. They're doing pretty well. They all have a little bit of something they contribute to this team. So uh, depending on health and and really how, how things improve, and, and I, I really want to see some steady progress and consistency and good decision-making. Um, I think a lot of guys bring that to the table. That's pretty much it. That's pretty <laughs> much spot on. Um, he went through every single quarterback, started with Jack, um, talking about how he's a good leader. He's got a good grasp on the offense, good footwork. Um, he t- and then he went on, and this is the part. Now, no, offense oh, yeah, to Jack always Tuttle, favors the incumbent. Forgot that yes. part. Yeah, no, always no favors the Jack yeah. here. But um, he went on to talk about Connor Basilak, about how he needs to work on a couple things on his timing, on his footwork, on where he needs to be consistency decision making as well making yes. the right reads and then he did give a, a lot of, and and i'm a big dexter williams guy so if dexter williams comes in and takes a starting spot it'd be a huge upset but um i'd love to see what he can do uh, like i said everybody brings a little something to yes, the table he has some speed some athleticism. he has a huge a huge arm he's got the huge arm upside potentials off yep, the charts that's what that is and then donovan donovan mccauley brings what he brings everything to the table. Big. Oh, arm, he's the whole athletic. package. He's the whole package. You just want yeah. to see some consistency out of him. Uh, really going through the progression through the reads. <laughs> yeah, and he actually changed his number. No more number zero for DMAC. Number one. <laughs> so, um, uh, a couple a couple things real quick before I forget. Uh, back to the running back room. Don't forget about Trent Howland and David Hallwell as well. The two freshmen from last year, both redshirt freshmen, both big backs, six foot two hundred five and six three two thirty five for Trent Howland. So. A lot of good things coming out of spring ball about those two as well. Hopefully, for David Holloman's sake, we don't spell Indiana wrong on his jersey next year. Um, that will keep him out of memes and off of Barstool's Instagram account. So, um, cool. So, there we go. That pretty much wraps up the offense. Was there anybody else that you wanted to talk about? I'm just going to try to do a quick look through to see if we didn't talk about anybody in particular as um, has to win that starting spot, right? Yeah, you would think you would think it's oh, I don't want to again, I don't want to say scary. Huge Jack Tuttle fan. Tuttle time is fine. I would like to he was you can go back and watch what he did at Wisconsin. Was it great? No, but they won at Wisconsin with him. He finished off the game against Maryland. Like he would have beat Purdue. Like that it's just all about play calling, protection, um and neither one of those were up to par last year. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But yes, I would assume Connor did not transfer here to sit after three years in the SEC. What's the opposite of sitting? Standing? Damn it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Where is he going? No, you're guy? right. You're definitely right. Oh, but were what... you going? What? What? Uh, okay. I guess he's trying to get me to transfer into the promo. Um, and who we're sponsored by. So when you stand, that's how you begin running is by standing up. There we go. Um, a quick word from our sponsor mode on track club. This one is an absolute disaster. This entire pod so far. Um, I, MTC- I can't produce and 
I, it just doesn't work. I get it. You also <laughs> shouldn't cut off the sponsor either. But MTC is Indiana's running brand built on a deep love for the sport in the Hoosier State. They craft products, tell stories, and create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. Check out the link in the show notes for more details on their club runs and to shop their gear from shirts to hoodies to koozies. And their club runs are getting big, guys. So join it while you can. Um, as a thank you to our listeners, they are offering 10% off your order. Use promo code LEO10 at checkout. That's LEO10 at checkout. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever given the website, www.morontrackclub.com. It is in the show notes. Um, but if you're too lazy, you can just type in, in Monon Track Club into the Google, whatever. Back to the show. Uh, we have zero Brandos Randos um, because he's not here. So I don't know if Seth got anything left in his sack. Seth, what do you got? I got two quick things. Nice. Um, number one, you said the Monon Track Club was getting bigger. You're absolutely right. It is. Uh, it, it's not not just getting bigger in group size. It is getting taller. Uh, apparently, there's a former Purdue basketball player who uh, has showed up a couple times. So if you think you can outrun a uh, Division One basketball player, is it a Brandon? Challenge? Is that his name? Brand? What's his name? No, it's. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to give that away, but okay, okay, yeah, okay. Um, I'll tell you later. Yeah, okay. It's not a Brandon. Okay, but it's type. It's one of those type of names. Those okay. very common. Um, and then the other thing is, speaking of Monon Track Club again, I think we owe congratulations to the the owner, owner. And founder founder. Yes, that's correct. He got engaged over the weekend, so congratulations to Garrett um, and, and Kelly. Uh, and Kelly, yes, as well. I don't think she listens in a, in a rainy San Diego. Yeah, so which uh, does not happen. So I don't know what that means about your engagement, but I can't imagine that it means anything bad. So there we go. Um, cool. Congratulations again, Garrett. So Seth, let's get into your sack here um, and see what you got. You just got into my sack. It's all over you. It's all over. Huh? I got I got nothing, man. That's it. I that you was had my sack. Two things. That was it. They're both uh okay. Yeah. No? You okay. hate me. Okay. Can you put Great. your can you put your bias to the side? Yeah. Let's no. go, let's no. go position by position. Oh, boy. And let's compare what you think. Just yes or no. Is IU better at this position than Purdue? Okay. Bias aside. <clears throat> we'll start with what I think is the definite answer of no quarterback. Is Purdue better or is, is IU is better? Is IU better? Is that yes or no? No. Purdue. Okay. No, not even close. Running back. Yes. No. Um, I'd say it's equal, but okay. leaning towards IU slightly. Okay. okay. Who's the running back at Purdue? Is it uh the four-star kid that's never or really Samson James. Okay, Samson James. That's right. Is, are they going to let him play this year? I don't think they can force him out. <laughs> um, this will be an interesting question. Uh, tight end. Because who's the tight? Is the former quarterback the starting tight end now? Pifieri, uh, Bilodeau. Oh, goodness. I mean, we're in the same situation you are. We're replacing a good one. And uh, we're, there's we're some replacing a great. I think uh, I think we have four guys who could play. 
but I don't think any of them are going to be like Dustin Keller types or anything like yeah. that. I really legitimately think AJ oh, Parker had a really good career. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I'd say toss up. I'd say even just because there's okay. so much to be determined. I'm going to break the wide receiver group into two groups. So mm-hmm. let's say outside wide receivers, Cam Camper and Emory Simmons. Purdue's better. Okay. Who's coming back for Purdue? Uh, no David Bell. We have no Brock, number Brock 17. Thompson. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, we have, uh, oh, God, Abdul Ram, oh, Rahman Yassin. Okay. Um, That's the only one pretty I've good. heard of. Yeah. Uh, and then we got a couple guys who are supposed to be pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, ours I are haven't unknown. seen them play yet. Ours are unknown, to be totally honest. I mean, Emory Simmons didn't get a ton of run at UNC. Um, former, obviously, a former IU commit out of high school, and then flipped to Penn State, and then ended up staying home in Carolina. Um, Cam Camper, nobody knows anything about outside of right. spring ball. I mean, with being a, a junior college transfer, um, not highly touted out of high school, but a Texas kid really athletic from what everybody's said um could end up being a stud but we need to see it on the field but did either of them go for 200 plus yards and three tds against tennessee and single-handedly beat them <laughs> i'm not sure mm. on those stats i'm pretty sure they're close though. who who is that brock thompson did he really on two broken legs yeah two broken or, legs well he had two busted knees that had to be surgically repaired immediately oh after my the goodness game. yeah like Wait, where was stuff. Milton? Where was Milton Wright and uh, who's the other guy? Well, David Bell. D- David Bell, I think, was sitting out for pro day. Gotcha. And Milton Wright had injury problems off and on a little bit last year. Gotcha. So Milton Wright is who I refer to as number seventeen, yeah. who hasn't been number seventeen for two years. I don't think. I think he's been zero, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one I do think that goes IU's way. Yep. I assume yes. the slot wide receiver yes. spot, DJ Matthews versus only because is... Jackson Anthrop's not there anymore. He's, I yeah. was gonna say, I swear to God, if Jackson <laughs> Anthrop was still there, I was gonna quit the pod right now. Um, offensive yeah. line will be interesting because I think our offensive line is decent. I'm not gonna say good. I think it's decent. We talked about this last year, or at the end of last year, maybe during the season as well about how in 2020 they weren't that bad but in 2021 all of a sudden the schemes change the play calls change there's no good there's no well, I'm sorry not good quarterbacks there's no healthy quarterbacks back there um and then you throw a, a true freshman who was not intending to play back there and with zero run game I think that they were just put in a tough position. I don't know. Again, without knowing Purdue's offensive line or if anybody's coming back, I would say toss up at best. Uh, I would lean towards Purdue. We have some experienced guys. Cam Craig is pretty good. We have a couple. Uh, oh, goodness. Hartwig in the middle is pretty good. I think he's from Zionsville. Um, I think yeah, I we think have. I you recruited in Purdue. was hard yeah. yeah um i so i think purdue has a slight edge there i would put probably i use it a d plus c minus with potential to get up to probably a c c plus um and i would have purdue's probably at a at a c plus with potential of being maybe a low b yeah that's the thing with IU is because and, and Purdue doesn't have to have to block very long that's the other thing is our passing game is usually pretty quick aiden gets rid of the ball so fast um yeah that's the thing with with iu right now is that 
there's so much unknown. There's so much because we we know AJ Barner, but we haven't seen AJ Barner. We know DJ Matthews, but we've seen three games of DJ Matthews. But that's the fun part about this type of the year is like we're spring, we're hope and optimism just spring eternal and you're like well this kid is supposed to be good and we've never seen him play and all of a sudden you get little flashes of him in the spring yeah. game and things like that yeah. and and so you get to have those little flashes of well i've seen him you know i've seen sean shivers you know yeah. take it 60 plus yards to the house and and juke a pretty decent safety in the middle of the hole um you know you've seen omar cooper you know running routes and making catches you've seen cam camper high pointing balls and you you have that hope where you're like okay if they can do this, if they can just do this against Ohio State, you yeah. know, we might have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, they're doing it against they're doing it against twos and threes and scout team guys. But, you know, exactly. if, they, if they can translate this. Um, so the first thing is being able to believe in yourself and, and building that confidence over the offseason, because I think that's the biggest thing that IU lost last year was confidence. You, you could just tell Huge. from body yeah. language, uh, even from the play calling. You know, we've talked about quarterback draws on third and long over and over again. Um, when you just lose confidence that that's worse than losing almost anything else, um, when it comes to college football. So if you can rebuild that in the spring and in the summer, carry that into fall, uh, you can really shake off a two and 10 year pretty quickly by just putting some positive outcomes on the board. Yeah. Um, so I think it's exciting. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those times where when you, (laughs) when you see the, uh, uh, the press guys, tweeting out you know a clip here a clip there a couple of plays uh and you get to have those little wow moments that kind of carry <laughs> you know I've, I've complained about this a couple of weeks ago i think where you get to it's like oh my god there's nothing between now and what basketball playoffs uh and this is those little things that give you little pops of joy in the in the meantime it's true there's nothing between now and watching your soccer team get relegated well so. except for tag tiger woods y'all oh that's right tiger's back Tigers back. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's wrap it up. Um, Masters start. Whoa, that's a good Tiger Woods uh, segue there. Oh yeah. Ouch. Um, tig- uh, it starts tomorrow, uh, as of day of recording. So, uh, be sure to check out the pod. It's on Twitter. It's at podcast leo. Be sure to download, follow, rate, and review on all of your platforms. Tell your friends, man. Tell them to listen to this one because it was not great. Um, and maybe it was good. I don't know. I just didn't think it was that good. A lot of info. Um, you know, no Brandon is usually probably not great for everybody to listen to, but we'll see. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk it's to you not, guys. It's next not week. our sexiest podcast. I'll give you no, that. No, no, no. I think next week we might get a little sexier. I talk a little. <laughs> I talk a little head junior, a little defense, a little J, a little JH Tevis, a little B fits. Yeah. Better believe right. I'm going to talk some Cooper Jones. Yeah, I bet you are. All <laughs> right. Well, we'll talk to you next week when we get the defense wrong. Uh, we love you guys. Elio. Oh, Brandon's, Elio. Off. Brandon's oh. not back next week. Sorry. Sorry. Say it again. Thanks for putting up with me. Elio. You said it twice. All right. Bye. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right, great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much. Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio. Elio.